ACP Church family, welcome to the No Borders podcast, where every week we will discuss the sermon and share some personal takeaways. We are currently in our Knowing series, studying in the book of John, and it's that time. Let's jump right into it. All right. So thank you for joining me today. Uh, today, I have Pastor Tom with me, as well as Britt, and we'll be going through the sermon today. Pastor Stephen gave the message today, and uh, Pastor Stephen's awesome. I've, I've uh, you know, served in the children's ministry, and, you know, being able to serve under him is is always such such a joy because he brings so much energy and everything. Mm. And when, when I, when I was called to like give, you know, the message at kids church, like, it's like, you have to go up to his level because he, <laughs> he brings so much fire and just, you know, reigns in those kids so well. And so I definitely, definitely, um, just respect and just, uh, thank pastor Stephen for what he does here. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys, so pastor Stephen kind of led into the fact that, you know, he's leading up these, these kids to be able to go into, middle school, you know, you're going in through oh. the youth group days and everything. He, and he mentioned it, it the worst year know, that you right? wish you could have a, a skip button on. That was my worst years. <laughs> Me oh too. Oh my gosh. But I wanted I to ask you, school. Yeah, no. no one likes middle school. <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys, cause both of you grew up in the church, you know, you know, I know pastor Tom, it was a couple centuries ago, but with your youth group days, do you guys have any uh, fun memories, any good stories about your youth group days? I do. The first one that comes, it's not even a fun memory. Memory, actually, it was like a really gross one, but we were doing a a game, and I never volunteered for games, but this particular one, I decided I raised my hand, and for whatever reason, they wouldn't tell us the game at first up front, but they just said the prize was good, so I was like, I'm in. So I raised my hand, and I got picked, like, I never volunteer, and it happened to be my worst nightmare. I hate feet, <laughs> anything to do with feet, and they brought up some soda cans, and they told you, all right, take off a sock pass it to the person to your right and you have to put it over your soda can and drink the soda through the sock. Oh, that's pretty bad. It was hard. That, and I that. refused to do it and they were like, come on, be a good sport. I'm like, I'm not being a good sport. Oh, this is a good sport. I'm not being a good sport. How old were you? Was 14. It was here. It was here. <laughs> it was here. It was uh, Randy Wooters and uh, and uh an MC, Randy and MC, yeah, yeah, yeah. at the time, yeah, man, That's and that was nasty. it. Was I was like, I'm not doing it. The other two did it, and one of them won the prize. Was so happy about. It. I was like, more power to you, man. Good for wow. you, well, not man. me. Yeah. How about you, Pastor Tom? I growing up as it, that was a couple centuries ago, but okay. we didn't have youth groups when I was a kid. Oh, okay. The church of oh. the area was too small, and all the churches were too small. But there was this uh, uh, youth group. There's this movement among youth that. Uh, kind of came together, and we established our own little church that met on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. And so we packed that place out with uh, uh, with kids and adults oh, from all awesome. over the county. So it was pretty cool. There was no uh, there was no uh, electricity in it. There was, and so the dead of winter, we had a potbelly stove. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lit it with candles. It was all it was one ex- entrance, one exit. Uh, it was all wood. It was a fire trap. Uh, <laughs> so the whole thing was a great memory for me. It only lasted about three, four years. We ended into we ended up going to and started a coffee house that ended up being a great place to, to traffic drugs. Oh, uh, oh my God! I thought you were going to say to just preach well, the gospel out well, of that <laughs> happened too. But there was a lot of drugs that was dealt there. I found out afterwards. But anyway, wow. it was it was a uh, it was a good memory okay. overall. 
Here yes. I'm thinking, Pastor Tom's like, we got to be on our best behavior. We're talking about drugs. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> um, no, uh, but for my youth group days, I remember uh, we got really intense into uh, dodgeball at the oh, you know men's lock-in or nice. boys' lock-in, and I just remember people getting injured pretty <laughs> pretty badly <laughs> with that. Um, but people got very into the the dodgeball way more than you you should have but um but yeah that was one of the fond memories i had dodgeball is h- um, tough not to get into <laughs> it's know, such a right. good game <laughs> um so uh, pastor steven brought us the message today from john chapter 4 uh talking about the the samaritan woman and um he he mentioned the fact that you know jesus didn't have to go through samaria actually mm. it was um you, you know i guess that that the path that most of the jews usually took was a different route and everything. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, is there a time in your life where you've called to take, you know, maybe the long route or maybe, um, not the obvious path and that has kind of, uh, been impactful for you. Do you, is there any, any time where you've kind of can highlight that of, you know, maybe it looked like you were supposed to go this way or everybody else was going this way, but you decided, or God called you to go a different way. Can mm-hmm. you think of any time for that? Yeah. So for me, what comes up it takes me back to kind of my youth days. I was 18 years old, 17, 18 years old, coming out of high school. And I was sitting outside of our our Air Force recruitment office here in, in Melbourne, Florida, Palm Bay, Florida, and um, had my application completely filled out, ready to go, was ready to walk in, had my ASVAB done, score done, my ship out boot camp date set and ready to go. They just needed the application. And my friend literally called me. And, you know, of course, you go to the military, you're not going to the military with any school debt. You're going to get well taken care of. All of my military friends are, they're 20 years old. They have houses and they're doing all these cool things. My friend calls me and goes, Hey, I'm visiting Southeastern university this weekend. I think you should come with me. I went and never looked back, never went into the military, went to Southeastern, racked up all this school debt, but I would (laughs) never uh, do anything different because it has just enhanced my life in such an incredible way with friends, the friends and, and uh, teachers and professors there that I met that are still in my life as mentors and and then just kind of the course it set my life on. So uh, yeah. definitely the long route as opposed mm-hmm. to just going streamlined to the military and just getting my life going with no debt, but it's, it was all so worth it and so incredible. So, yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, he, he says that, you know, hindsight's always 2020 and, you know, it's, right. it's interesting to look back on those times and just say, you know, I, I could have gone left, but I went right instead and look at how much my life is different based yeah, on that. Yeah, no, it wouldn't so, change a thing. Like, yeah. it would not change a thing. You know, when you look at the passage, when Jesus says, I need, that he needed to go through Samaria, uh, like Stephen said, that he didn't need to go through it. Right. Um, uh, because of there was a, because that was the only way to go. He needed to go there because he had a mission. Mm. And so uh, even though it broke with the, uh, cultural norms or the religious norms, he was willing to do that because he needed to talk to a woman mm. who in turn would talk to a city who in wow. turn would change people's lives. Mm. And so when you ask that question, um, sometimes we go in a direction when we don't, because we know we need to go that way. Sometimes we go in a direction when we don't know that's the way to go. Yeah. I was uh, when I came to Florida. I knew I was supposed to. I knew I felt in my in in my gut, my heart, my head, however you want to phrase it, that it was time for us to move on from Pittsburgh. As difficult as that was, and God had opened up a couple doors, uh, turned down a couple opportunities because they just weren't right. Uh, and then my my dream was to go to Colorado. Mm. 
I wanted to be, live in the mountains. I want to get it past the Mississippi, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. all that stuff. And and so I had a job interview there that I was uh, I was uh, there's only two of us here interviewing and and uh, I was the no- number one runner for that. And it was just a parachurch ministry guy. I mean, I wasn't going to be in church work, and I needed a break from it. Anyway, long story short, um, I fumbled that that interview and uh, and came to Florida in, instead to be on a, an executive pastor position because um, I was looking to get out of that other position, a senior pastor role. Long story short, um, I realized as I look back ten years later mm. that I needed to go this way, not because I understood it. But because uh, of the situation here, I needed to be here. I didn't need to be in Colorado, although I love Colorado. <laughs> it's my favorite state. <laughs> I don't even get to visit it much. I don't uh-huh. ski anymore, nothing. <laughs> anyway, uh-huh. sometimes we don't know why until we look back mm-hmm. with the, what uh, Pastor Stephen called 2020 hindsight. We finally figure out, oh, that's what it was all about. Yeah. And so yeah, Jesus, you know, he had the foresight to know I need to go because I need to talk to Samaritan. Sometimes we don't know what we need to do until after the fact. And that was, that's what it was for me. Right. And, and it's interesting that Jesus was saying that for another individual, whereas we're in our situations, it was like me, what's it's best for me? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what's best for me? You want to be in Colorado. I want to be debt free in the military, you know, but who, what lives are you going to touch on the way that we have to put that mindset on, on others and, and kind of that kind of idea. Like God has so many things for us on this path. Focus on it. That, that 2020 hindsight is incredible when you get there and you look back. Yeah, but we don't always take time to look back. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's probably our big, not our biggest flaw, but one of our flaws in, the, in, in life and in the Christian journey is we don't take time to look back to see where we went so we can learn from it and hear, see God in it. So when we look forward, we can say, well, we can make better choices. Mm-hmm. Anyway, enough yeah. said. No, I, I think that's important. And, you know, he touched on it later, you know, the, the concept of better than. And so any God, God's plan for us or what he has in store for us is better than anything that we could come up with ourselves or, you know, any anything that is in that context. So yeah, definitely, definitely a good point there. We and, are quick to forget that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's important to look back and be like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> my plans are kind of bad. And then uh, Pastor Season also, he he touched on the the fact of uh, where this story took place at Jacob's well. And the, he kind of didn't get into the historical context of that. Uh, Pastor, Pastor Tom, could you just brush on that a little bit and just what makes this this environment or this location kind of significant in the story of, you know, being at the well there. Well, it just has, it has history and he went through it uh, mm-hmm. as where his ancestors had, had uh, uh, those ancestors dug the well, a lot of, um, uh, there are a lot of memories there, a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, what's the word that's uh, where you a stack up a memory. It is a memory. I can't core remember. memory. I don't know. There's core memories. There's no, yeah. It's just kind of like it's a uh, it's a it's a it's a, a, a special occasion that takes place there that 
that you kind of that that isn't. Oh, no, I've lost my whole train of thought. <laughs> <That's all right>. <laughs> Tradition, <laughs> maybe? No, no. But he he touched on the the fact that you know a lot of relationships stemmed from that. Like a lot of um, you know husbands yeah, and wives that was met, funny. met each other <laughs> That's there. That's what everything. I was trying to say. So, <laughs> um, but um, but no, I, I I think about that as far as you know creating environments where you know people have that connection or when when we think of you know now like where do people have their main kind of interactions or interactions with people that they wouldn't cross on, you know, just through their daily lives and everything. And I just, I just thought of, you know, coffee shops or, you mm. know, restaurants or things like that. And, um, you know, how that, that's what came to me is like, how can we be impactful in those environments or mm-hmm. what's a way that we can emulate how Jesus, you know, embodied who he was in, in that environment and create that dialogue, create that, um, that lifestyle, like that, change in people um through those environments when we find ourselves in them right um but yeah i got it okay i got what i was trying to say so here's what happened okay here's what happened while you were saying all that i wasn't listening at all <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> i was just the transparency trying to, trying to remember what i was trying to say <laughs> you set up a monument a memory, mm, uh, yeah. uh, something that, and that's what Jacob's Well was, kind of this thing as a monument where, where, where people came together, and like you were saying when I was really listening, kind of, <laughs> where people came together, and those, and and so when when uh, when when, and so for the Samaritan woman, this this place had become very sacred mm. because of all the things that had happened before, and so this is a this is this has become. Uh, almost a uh, 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 worship center for mm. them. So it's, it's a really important place. Um, so now, what were we saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that that's good. I just wanted some historical context on it. But and so, um, no, I, I I also wanted to get into. So he he goes you're into. Never going to have me back, are you? Uh, we'll <laughs> no, figure you're, it out. This is great. This is my favorite ones yet. <laughs> Um, he but, doesn't listen. There's, right. there's a church that had a place where they dealt drugs and so I didn't have a youth group. Like, oh my way. I didn't need to have you here to know that you don't listen. So, it's fine. Um, but anyway, uh, the um, he goes into so, um, you know, is there a better way to do it? He talks about you know having a good idea and then you know how to we how do we know it? Is there a better way to do it? That's how you know, revolutions get started. That's, you know, that question, is there a better way to do it is such, um, just, it, it's very, very monumental for, you know, creating change. And so he gave us the quote from, um, John Eldridge that says, we are desire. It is the essence of the human soul, the secret of our existence. Absolutely nothing of human greatness is ever accomplished without it. Not a symphony has been written, a mountain climbed, an injustice fought, or a love sustained apart from desire. And so is there anything that stood out to you as far as, you know, that goes, that quote, you know, what we desire, you know, what we focus on, our attention, um, that's what kind of creates that change. Is there anything that stood out to you at that point? Yeah, I mean, the the woman is at the well because she's thirsty. And when he ta- starts talking about this living water, she's like, 
well, shoot, I don't want to come back here anymore because I'm not coming in the morning when everybody's here. I'm not coming when when it's crowded because I'm embarrassed and like I don't want to come back to this well anymore. So I desire that living water. What is it? And she she starts pressing and pressing for that water. And he's just kind of stringing her along. He's like, well, bring your husband first. And, and she talks about, well, I don't have a husband. And he's like, yeah. And I love her response when he like puts out her dirty laundry, right? And she, she goes, I, I perceive you are a prophet. It's like, what told you that? Yeah. <laughs> like, you figure that out all on your own. Like I, I take it like this, like funny little back and forth. But but the desire is what brought her to the well in the first place. She she obviously has this this physical desire and this physical need that if she doesn't if she doesn't quench that thirst, she's gonna die physically, obviously, or she's got to find somewhere else to live. And like that's just a little bit too too much, probably. So um, that desire is what gets us to the well. And then I think oftentimes what happens is. Jesus steps in and, and, and he reveals that that desire we have may not be the desire we should be shooting for. And he kind of opens up this whole new idea, this whole new process to her. Um, as far as me and my life, I don't have a story to share after that, like as far as this experience goes. I'm sure I could think of one real quick, but do you have anything to add to that as far as that where that desire comes and, and where that? I don't know. Was the context... Uh... The woman having a desire for water. Was that the context of, of, of uh, where he uses this? Um, so I, I think that he was just mentioning on the fact that, you know, any type of change, any type of, you know, greatness or uh, things that have been accomplished, start with that desire first. And so, you know, when we when we look at that question, is there a better way to, to do it? You know, she was open to that. She was open mm. to the fact that her life didn't look perfect and there could be a, a better way. And so, you know, having that question in your mind and, you know, having that desire to be better than you are now is I think what he was kind of touching on there. Yeah. I think that's true for, for all of us, for anything. And I do remember him talking about that, about the, that without desire, uh, nothing, uh, nothing, uh, uh, is accomplished. And he, and he quotes Eldridge on that. And it's all, that's really true. And that, mm-hmm. uh, it all starts with a desire for mm-hmm. some kind of a change. Right. And we, Honestly, there's parts of us that doesn't want don't want that change, yeah. and so we kind of get stuck where we are. Yeah, and he kind of touched on too the the fact that sometimes we get stuck on our sin is is holding us back. We're stuck on focusing that we're not quite ready to dive into that relationship with with Jesus. We're we're kind of just let us figure things some things out before we we really dive into the church. Or you know, he kind of gave some examples of that. Um, but when our attention is all focused on the sin, it's kind of hard to move mm. forward. It's that desire gets cloudy. That desire gets, um, you know, foreshadowed by what we're focused on. And so, you know, Jesus didn't start by saying that, you know, these are your sins. And now, <laughs> you know, it's, I think it's interesting the way that he had that dialogue and the progression of it. It wasn't that he started with, you know, calling her out for, for this stuff. And then he's like, all right, now, now I'll tell you what you can have this better than he started off with what he had to give and then kind of mm. cleaned it up with at the end with, right. with what he, you know, knew about her and everything. Mm. Um, so another um, quote that he says is that, remember, it's not about what you're going through. It's about he, who you're going to. So why doesn't Jesus just give her the living water when she asked for it? You know, he, she says that, you know, that's what I want. That's, I don't want to have to come back. And, you know, he, he basically goes into, he, um, why does he continue down the path of highlighting uh, her past sin? I thought, well, that was a strength. That was a highlight of the message. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. thought that was the pinnacle mm-hmm. because he did tell us that 
he took that that uh, that uh, exchange when he said, "Go find your get your husband," and it's kind of like him call like you said, uh, "What's your name, Britt?" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, he did uh, like Britt said. He did kind of call her out on her sin, and that you know on the surface of it is kind of crude, and sure. rude, and kind of cruel. Mm. Um, but in fact, uh, if Pastor Stephen is right, then it was a, the only healing part that mm. was necessary for his healing, her right. healing, mm-hmm. because you have to, according to Stephen, you have to walk through your wound in order to find that healing. Yeah. And I think back in life, and you know, that's maybe that's one of the reasons that many of us carry so much of our own, our own uh, hurt, yeah. and we don't. And we and and we stay in our own and we're, we stay trapped in our own our own sin in our own pattern of sin mm. is because we never walk through that hurt, right. never walk through that wound, and so when he sends her back to confront that, then the healing begins, and then she goes back and she's able to another thing that. Pastor Stephen said that that really stood out to me was she went out and she went back to share with the truth that she found with the people that right. mm-hmm. she was a, 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 a that were, she didn't want to hang out with wow that, that were ashamed of her and that ridiculed her but she knows she found a greater truth and that's a element of a strong leader really right but in any case uh i thought that walk through your wound was the pinnacle of everything you had to say yeah mm-hmm. i agree and and it's so cool that you, you you mentioned that and it sparked my my brain but she she went from hiding in the hottest time of the day to seeking out like you yeah, just said the exact people that she was hiding from well no i mean you said it perfectly I just, I mean, it's, it's, and then it's it's incredible that we're talking about the wounds and dealing with the wounds walking through the wounds you can even think of it literally physically if you get a wound and you ignore it you just get, what's going to happen you're going to lose the whole arm eventually mm-hmm. if you get a wound on your arm you don't get you don't get stitches you don't get um whatever treatment you need and you just continue to ignore it it's going to get worse now, if you go through that pain of going th- cleaning it, that doesn't feel very good, and then stitching it up, that doesn't feel very good. And then the healing process, that doesn't feel very good. But after, it's done. It, you, you, it's it's dealt with. And even in some cases, it's stronger. Like a broken bones, sometimes they say but, it can heal back but stronger. But you sometimes have a scar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and that scar is an important part mm. of the healing process because right. it reminds you of that time where God brought healing in your life. Mm. And where God intervened, and it reminds you of the pain that sin caused. So the scars in life can be good if we allow them to send the message, that, the positive message that they carry. And they also remind us that we're okay. Like, yeah, yeah I have the yeah. scar, but I'm, I'm okay. I made it. With his strength and his healing, I made it. Like, you know what I mean? Whereas, like I said, if you don't deal with it, you're not going to be okay. That's it's, true. It's, it, those are the, the those, especially when now when you obviously I'm not talking about physical wounds, but when you're talking about emotional and, and spiritual yeah. wounds, same thing. If you don't deal with them, they will spark up and rise up again. And, but and you're cause, okay, mm-hmm. right? Scars important. Scars are great. It, it, <laughs> it, it kind of reminds me too. Um, so I don't know if this will will land, but um, it made me think of this this study that had been done on on mice. And so when you put a, a mouse that's super hungry in this maze and they they measure the you know the tail is for effort and how much how 
quickly they're running towards that that cheese and everything. And so the super hungry mouse and you know they measure it and you know clock it in see see how it is and then they they do put a put a cat next to the mouse and see how quickly it runs <laughs> a, away from the fear. So it has the the cheese the the first the desire, you know, what it's running towards and it has the the cat, the fear, the what it's running away. And then when you combine those two, the the hungry mouse with going for the cheese and the the, the, the fear of the and cat. The fear of the cat that's when you clock in the the most, you know, the fastest the, the mouse is uh-huh. going to run. So it's not all about just running towards. It's, you know, knowing what you've been through. It's knowing mm. that, that fear of where you've been. and um, Interesting. That kind of, it, it reminded me of that, that, that study there. But, it's like the two. Well, I just yeah, want to know, did they run faster going or coming? Oh, yeah, yeah. Without Which the, was it? A fear of was or fear? desire for? So it was the both. It was the, the juxtaposition. But no, no, before, right? Too. You said you did. they did them both separately, though, right? So yeah. I so wonder which one, was which, faster? which one was the cheese or the fear when they're separate. So it was it was pretty similar. Similar. Oh, similar okay. Between okay. the similar. two. Okay. So it was similar when they just ran to the cheese or just ran away from the mouse. But when Very you put comparable. both together, okay. that's when they, they did it. They like, oh, okay, yes. I see. So it was just like they, it, it was inconclusive. Neither yeah. was kind of better, but yeah. but when together, it was like way, way faster. Exactly. That's awesome. No, that's so true. Like and running. this has what to do with the Samaritan woman. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not all about running towards what you want. It's more knowing where you've been and having that. You know, I've tried to go through it by myself or whatever. That fear of where you've been juxtaposed with where you want to go. So it's the balance of that that vision and desire, but also that so, I don't want to go back there either. <laughs> so let me do this full circle then, uh, old moderator. Uh-oh. So how does this connect with desire? How does what connect with this desire? This fear thing, the mouse thing, and the Samaritan woman— we started. You started this whole discussion out with about desire mm-hmm. and the importance of desire. How does that all? How do you tie this all together? <laughs> um, that's a great question. Um, I think that, yeah, knowing, you know, what that that God is going to give you the the best life that you can live. He's going to highlight the best thing that you can can have, and that's that's what you know we desire as, as Christians is knowing that God is going to position us in a way that gives us the the best outcome or the, you know, living the best life that we could, we could live. And it's, you know, different from anything that we could ever, you know, dream up of on our own. How, would you, how, would, you, I, how would you do that? There's a quote that Stephen yeah, actually said, repentance isn't just turning away from something. It's also turning to someone. So it's that, that similar thing. We're turning away and running from that cat, which is our, our sin, our baggage, our, our junk, but we're also turning to Jesus and running towards him. So it is this kind of, this, like you said, juxtaposition. We're running from something, but we're also facing and running to someone. Yeah. I think that's, I, it hit home for me. No. So her, her desire did change though, didn't it? Mm, yeah. So she desired, she desired uh, water. Mm. She desired to be left alone. Mm. She desired to keep her uh, lifestyle uh, hidden or buried or just, you know, tolerated, whatever she does, but their desire then changed. And her desire for, became to know what the living water was mm. and desire to tell the, tell the rest of the population about the prophet. She didn't know uh, then. And who says he's the Messiah. And then the, the, the desire was to uh, her, the desire prompted big change that takes place in the whole 
history of that city. Yeah. So desire does everything. That's incredible. Roger, you started out with the whole this whole thing. Yeah. You're brilliant. Oh, you're so good. Aaron. I'm just reading Pastor Steven's notes, so it's, you know that's it. All credit to Pastor Steven. <laughs> but um, but no, I just wanted to thank you guys for for joining me. I think um, that's a good place to to wrap up. But I just want to thank Pastor Steven for bringing us the message today, yes. and then we will uh, do it again next week. Can I say any, one any other closing thing? Thoughts? Yeah, one closing thought. Since you don't I, get enough time to talk. Yes. <laughs> He, I, I thought how he began the message was the best I had ever heard a message begin. When he said how wonderful I was. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So we, there we go. I think we I should. Well, I think we should. What we should More do. More preacher should do that. <laughs> what we should do is make sure that we we capture that and begin every podcast <laughs> Repl- replicate with that, that. With, with that statement. Okay. All right. There we go. Is that good? Sure. Right. Yeah. Right. This is the pastor just, Tom that Pastor Steven said doesn't take compliment, doesn't, just, doesn't brag, doesn't he humble. He said humble in there. He's like humble. Wanted to get that out there. I'm the most humble person you've ever met. Listening, uh, everyone's listening. You gotta listen to the message. Whatever you do, you gotta listen. You only have to listen to the first three minutes. That's all that matters. Oh, He's gonna have that every morning. That's gonna be his, his first three minutes he listens to every morning that's awesome well uh thanks for joining us we'll put in the the chat if you want pastor tom back or not (laughs) i'm gonna go with no (laughs) see ya love y'all see ya